Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 359, being recorded on July 22nd, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Uh, Josh, how many compliments did you get on your shirt today? None. Mm, you are behind me by one. Well, one, one the of my lady... friends looked at me and said, you're a loser. So does that count? <laughs> that's, yes. that's minus one compliment, actually. Right. You yeah. are negative compliments today. Minus 50 today. DKP. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the lady at Jimmy John's, no, Jersey Mike's, another J sandwich shop, uh, really appreciated my shirt. All right. So, Is that like Loot Crate or what? No, I, I don't know where I got this. It was a long time ago. I've had this for a while. It's Yoda holding a lightsaber, and mm-hmm. he cut off Zoro's leg and the girl from uh, Kill Bill's arm. That is yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I have no idea where I got it. I've had it forever. It's a great shirt. Um, I just brought that up because Josh was bragging about his shirt came in from England. Yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> all the way from England. Yeah, buddy. I bet my shirt came from, like, Thailand. If I, were to guess. I wouldn't take that bet. <laughs> that might be where Josh's shirt originally came from. That's true. Yours came from England via... Or, no, it came from it's Thailand. A it's a Gildan shirt, so... You, made you, oh, USA. you think Gildan... Oh, so it went from the U.S. to England, to England? back to the U.S.? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, but the tag was made in the U.S. <laughs> oh, I get it. Dirty it turncoat shirt. Yeah. This is a turncoat shirt. Um, it's awesome. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We talk about hardware and stuff here. Um, thank you for joining us. We re- do record the show uh, live Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. If you want to participate in that, we highly encourage that you do. We have a lot of pre-show stuff and a lot of post-show banter. I think last week while I was gone, you guys did for a while since it was a, a we short a, week. We did a nice And we may show. do some of that stuff here, too. Um, but if you need a gentle little reminder about when we're going to record the show, if you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, you get this web page here uh, that simply asks for your name and an email address, and we'll send you a notification right before we go live, usually an hour, sometimes two hours before. Let, let me get this straight. Yeah. Let me get this straight. You're not going to give the email access to me, right? Still not going to well, give you the we email gonna, We agreed to not bring that up again this don't, week. Don't worry, Josh. But, I'll give but, it to you. But you brought it up. Okay. So... You'll, you'll so get it. Later, we'll wrong. Wear them down. Not talking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Josh doesn't have access to it. We don't spam you with anything else. Yeah. Uh, we only give you uh, cool notifications about this interesting, interesting stuff. And actually, as a little bit of a teaser, we haven't set anything up yet. Mm-hmm. We have we have confirmation of all this, but we are going to do some um, Logitech based game streams where we play play Dirt Rally, uh, play some uh, Project Cars. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use uh, – we have a couple of uh, Logitech G29 racing wheels we're going to give away as prizes in those streams as well. So that will be fun. So, Josh, you'll be able to call in and we'll be able to race and um, and do things maybe you'll, that are maybe, fun. Maybe, maybe with a wheel I'll do better than I did when I was playing a controller <laughs> or keyboard. I'm going to make Alan use that Genius branded um, wheel that I have in the closet that was sent to me like months and years ago. I bet I'd be curious. I want to see if that one rotates. Is that only rotates like it's, three quarters? No, yeah, it's or if it's one quarter. of the actual one that rotates all the way around. Um, no, it's two hundred seventy degrees. It's not. It's two seventy, yeah. not nine hundred. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I mean, that's better for me because then mm. I'll have a better chance of winning races, I guess. So, but if you if you sign up for this uh, email list, you'll be notified about those events. In which case, you can come watch us make fools of ourselves, play video games, and also win free stuff, which is which is always interesting. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into things this week. It was another slow week. 
Uh, I have been out uh, a lot. Obviously, I know a lot of people, probably everybody knows, uh, I had a daughter born on June 27th. She came home last Thursday. She was born very early, so she spent some time in the hospital at the NICU. So she came home on Thursday night. So today marks one full week of having a baby, and I'm very tired. I had to take a nap this afternoon before I came in. Otherwise I, knew, otherwise, I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it through the podcast. I almost like didn't make it to drive my wife to her doctor's appointment this morning at like 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything's going great there. Some people in the chat room are asking for an update. She's, everything's going fine. She's doing the normal thing, apparently, of only sleeping for two hours at a time. She's tiny and tall. She's tiny and tall and just kind of annoying right now. Uh, she's come on. She's kind of annoying. She wasn't right that now. annoying when, when, when I was over there. 14. Well, see, I, yeah. I'm annoying. looking for this lull in the middle where it's not like that, right? Where she's like, you It'll know, happen. like three, four, you know, sleeping through the night, able to, you know, use the bathroom, no diapers, but before they become whiny teenagers. You, you, you know, know that three like and that. four comes after terrible twos, right? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I got to get to that spot okay. in the middle. That's Yeah, six to ten is like pretty good for girls. Yeah, see, yeah. that's all. And then it to. starts going back downhill yeah. again. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's really what I'm getting. I'm looking forward to. So that's that when uh, L's chloroform spray is going to come in handy. Yes. Right. Yeah. And also, I'll be in jail. Um, <laughs> also, I will point out we are not at. This is usually the the podcast we record at QuakeCon. It is. We're not. We, what? We're not recording this live from QuakeCon. Oh, right uh, we moved the set. We're live from QuakeCon. Come to the. Um, what room are we in this the, year, Alan? The DeSoto room. DeSoto. Yeah, Come DeSoto. to the DeSoto room. Knock on the door. You have to know the secret knock. I'm not going to tell it to you here. You have to know it just right, and then the door will open, and yeah. a flood of prizes will overcome you. Yeah. We're not um, going to do a hardware sure. workshop. We'll just give them away right at the DeSoto room. Yeah. So that's where that closet got cleaned out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there will be – I'm trying to figure out how I want to do this now. There is a – Proxy. There is a proxy for uh, the PC perspective. There is team a stand-in, there. if you will. Yeah, for uh, for me. Yes. If you basically, if you're at QuakeCon and you're listening to this, and you happen to see me, maybe you see me with uh, see with Q- a QR code on my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand that all the way. If you happen to see me at QuakeCon, you should go. It's, it was the non-bumpiest area to actually mount it. <laughs> yes. You should come uh, meet me, say hello, take a picture with me. Uh, and then I guess since the QR code is jacked, I'll just tell everybody what the URL uh, is. Sure. I mean, it's, it's jacked. Yeah. Encoding types apparently uh, ASCII. For, yeah, so we're gonna I do. We tested we're it. basically the idea so was for you to take it. a picture of my crotch for the QR code so you get a URL to go you to. You can and still enter figure it out. You can still figure it out if you look at the code. I mean, just take the percent sign crap out of it, and and it'll work. Hmm. So if you, but I'm gonna say I'll save that for people at QuakeCon um, to figure out. They're yeah. smart people. They can figure it out. I mean, some of them are. It's smart a puzzle. People. It was intentional yeah. the whole time. Yes, exactly. Another mm-hmm. level deep. Exactly. Let's yeah. not talk about deep. Um, so uh, we're not at QuakeCon. It's very sad. We'll be there next year. No workshop this year because of the baby stuff. Find uh, the find me. Take a picture with me. I'll be there in proxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't find me, find Maury. He'll be carrying me under his arm. <laughs> As he walks through, this is getting so much weirder. With the team on my back, it's very odd. He'll be stumbling around, drunk, with Ryan under his arm. This could be really weird. <laughs> so just normal then. Please don't destroy me. 
Yeah. I would like to get me back. Did you get the waterproof yeah. one or the not? I did. I got the, the, the higher-end one, which actually made me feel worse because I was spending more money on it, it still with be, a very low confidence level of getting also it back. Be you know what? Nothing is going to be drawn around your mouth at all. No, well, it, can't, it can't be. And actually, that's why I, we, we took some of it. Like We changed part of the design so that that wouldn't be the case. But Yeah. We were going to get the dry erase model, but we didn't. Yeah, we were going to get the uh, speech bubble with the dry erase portion, and I thought, no, oh, that's, that's probably that, that's probably idea. opens yourself up. For that's that's probably a bit, bad idea. Um, so let's talk about some content here. Uh, we posted a review that Ken wrote up of the Acer Aspire V15 Nitro Black Edition, which sounds like a video card or a motherboard from Gigabyte or something. It's actually a gaming laptop uh, that is not. Uh, like stupid expensive, which is which is which is unique. What is is this like sub thousand dollar? Ken, where are we at on this? Yeah, I think you can get, get it for like eight hundred right now. The configuration yeah, that, that we reviewed. It's kind at. of an older model at this point, but yeah, like it's has well based and sell Broadwell. But I think it goes for about eight hundred. A lot of it. there are still a lot of gaming notebooks that are using Haswell rather than Broadwell because there's no performance difference. You don't care about the uh, power consumption differences, and it's cheaper. For yeah. them to integrate than uh, than Broadwell would be, so it's a 1080p uh, IPS uh, IPS screen, and let's see, it's got a Core i7 4720 processor in it. It's 15 inch screen, 15.5, 8 gigs of RAM. It's got a GTX 960M. Um, it's one key drawback in my mind is the inclusion of a one terabyte hard drive instead of an SSD. Does it, did this one have space for an SSD if you wanted to add it in addition to the hard drive? It has an M SATA sl- or M.2 slot. It does have an M.2 slot? M.2 SATA. M.2 SATA yeah. slot. So you could add that and still keep the hard drive for longer-term storage, which is what you should do. But obviously, they wanted to send us one that was kind of price aggressive, so they kept the SSD out of it. 5.29 pounds, so it's not super heavy. It's not thin and light, but it is, oops, sorry, it is fairly thin for a gaming machine, for mm-hmm. sure. Um I mean, what did you think of the of the build quality of the of the device as a whole, Ken? It was actually built surprisingly well. I mean, it's all made of plastic, but it's felt like very sturdy plastic. It wasn't going to blend. It wasn't going to flex. That little metal detail on the back, the Aspire yep. branding on it is nice. It's a little metal hinge hmm. across the entire back. It gives gives it a little pop, makes it a little nicer. Yeah, sharp. Yeah, sharp. Connectivity-wise, I see there's a set of three USB 3.0 ports, HDMI, a full-size uh, Ethernet jack. You don't have to worry about any adapters or anything for that. Um, what about- uh, oddly enough, yeah. ports are only on the right-hand side. That's kind of weird. I would have okay. liked to see a couple more USB ports on the left-hand side. I wonder if they had spacing issues. Like, in order to get all the heatsink in there, they kind of had to, yeah. like, move it around some. Yeah, it's just... I probably would have rather... Well... No, I guess if if you have to do ventilation, you'd rather that be on the left-hand side. Most people are right-handed, so you don't want that ventilating out onto your mouse, right? Pass the heat to the left-hand side. Sing it with me. <laughs> no. One of the good no. old days when it just dumped it directly in your crotch. <sighs> well, not all of us are using laptops on the crotch. That's why we're all sterile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about keyboard, trackpad, that kind of stuff? Fairly reasonable... It, it was passable. It's a chiclet keyboard. It worked pretty well. The trackpad was actually nice. It had a nice click to it. It's trackpad with an integrated button. The entire unit clicks down. It's yeah. kind of what you find on any laptop these days. Yeah. It was all perfectly usable. Mm-hmm. Does it seem like the kind that might be polished over time and become... No, not really. Okay, like good quality? Yeah, it, 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 the, I was actually impressed with the trackpad. Performance-wise, this was pretty good. Um, 
4720 is a quad-core hyper-threaded part, uh, I think with a base clock at 2.6 gigahertz. I mean, clearly, I mean, this graph here is handbrake, kind of your one, one of our seminal uh, uh, CPU tests. Comparing it to the 4870HQ, which is still a Haswell part, what's the difference? That's got the Irish Pro graphics in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because of the GS30. So not, not a big difference. I think difference it's 100 megahertz as well. Okay, so a little bit of CPU difference there, yeah. but not a whole bunch. But if you compare it to, like, the XPS 13 that I'm using that uses Broadwell, the, which are dual-core hyper-threaded, you can see a dramatic drop in kind of, like, theoretical peak performance there. Single thread, this is kind of more important on uh, on what you get differences in terms of actual performance results there. And, uh, yeah. All right. So, let's see. What, what about... Um, Graphics performance here. It does have a GTX 960M, which is good. I mean, it's better than... So, I mean, this is actually an interesting graph, right? So, this is 3D Mark, so take that for what you will. It's more, again, theoretical peaks. Um, but the Aspire uh, V Nitro that has a 960M is still a little bit less than double the performance. Well, I would say, what is that? 70% more or something than that than the MSI GS30, which uses the Haswell Iris Pro processor so that's kind of the highest end integrated graphics you can get uh, so still a dramatic dramatic performance difference on what you get for for gaming there and i did things i don't have exact benchmarks but i installed gta 5 on it i yeah. maxed it out at 1080p which is the resolution of the panel i hooked up to my tv played it it was, it was all great hmm. okay i mean that's good i mean it's it's not it's not gonna just blow, just about any 1080p game you want to throw out it, it could play which is useful because it has a 1080p panel and you know. yeah battery life not great though no, it's still a gaming notebook. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I still, like, what, the fact that nobody can crack that nut still bothers me a little. I don't know. Remember when, uh, what was Optimus was going to save us all? There were, at one point. It didn't. Um, well, no. through four movies, he certainly did. <laughs> True. Uh, so for under $900, the Aspire V15 Nitro Black Edition, it's a great option for someone looking for a notebook. Capable of playing games that doesn't break the bank. And it's also, I, I think it's important to note that it's not a, like, 17-inch behemoth at mm-hmm. the same time. It's not quite maybe as sexy-looking as the uh, Razer laptops, the gaming laptops that they have. It's got also, a big basil on that, you know what I'm saying? But those are also really expensive, the Razer ones. And hot. And will scald you because they're all made out of aluminum. That, yeah, that's true, too. But boy, um, they're dissipating that heat. Onto your skin. Exactly. In some cases, mm-hmm. yeah. For performance, <laughs> it's all in it's all uh, in in work up that. So it's a uh, check out that review if you're interested in that. Again, it's it's a modestly priced gaming notebook that has modest performance. You know, people in the in the chat are already saying it's like, oh, I could build such a different de- you know a higher performing desktop system for that. Clearly, you can do that. That's always the case with any gaming notebook you buy, regardless if it's a three thousand dollar gaming notebook. Or an eight hundred dollar gaming notebook, you can always do better if you if you go to the desktop side of stuff. But we're not, so whatever, <laughs> I guess. Another story went up. Maury not here, currently acquiring me from his house. That what? That just sounds weird. Well, I'm not alright with it. All got, of, all of this conversation is sounding technically weird, his which is wife important. got you earlier. His wife picked me up. Yes. And now he. Now, he is getting me from his wife. Yes. Okay. You yeah. really get around, don't you? I do. Yep. I do. And I can be in two places at once, and that's kind of magical. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's why we need it back, so that one of you can take care of Emma. Basically, if I ever have to miss the podcast, I'm just going to put the cardboard cut out here. 
and you guys have to acknowledge we'll its just, existence. Like, behind you, I'll just go, all right, you're all right. Yeah. That's what I want. Uh, so real quick, Maury posted a story looking at the BitsPower AI X99 R5E nickel-plated full-cover block. Right, So the X99 R5E is the Rampage 5 Extreme. These are water blocks for your chipset that are per motherboard specific, I guess. Right, Because the layouts of all these boards differ. The screw mounting points are going to differ. The PCI Express layout is going to differ. You can see here in this diagram uh, of the motherboard itself and the block, because there's also a block for kind of the, uh, the MOSFETs up top. And let's see. Get past all this. You know, plasma cutters are pretty cheap anymore. So you can just pop those things out, anodize them, call them good. Yeah, you got you the think so? same kind of water blocks that attach to each one. Not a big deal. Now, I will ruin the surprise here and say that the performance deltas, on, even with overclocking, mm-hmm. so literally zero, are pretty, pretty, pretty minimal oh. when adding a water block chipset cooler to a system these days. But in reality, it's more about looks and style and the only the only time that. you get notice cuz I have seen cases like even in my own system where I wanted very little airflow or just have to have very few fans that happen to be blowing air across the motherboard cuz yeah. everything had a water block on it. That's when that comes into play. Right? That's where you kind of you almost it's almost a necessity at that point because if you don't have I airflow mean, across the motherboard, mo- most. But I mean, most boards now are designed with such high tolerances on That's VRM, yeah. and and a lot of chipsets. Uh, almost all chipset coolers are passively cooled now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure it helps, but I just don't think it's that right. It's like this is yeah. this is this is only cooling the VRM part right here. Like yeah. just like as long as you have any airflow across shiny, that, though. you know, heatsink at all, you're pretty much yeah. fine. Yeah. Right? Let's but if, but if the, you uh, but if you don't if you have like. no airflow across those heat sinks at all like they will eventually just start cooking. Yeah. You know. I mean, they eventually come to some kind of equilibrium. Like the chipset's only going to oh, generate yeah. so much power. We run yeah. plenty of motherboards on open test benches with no I air have I have them. my GPU test bed. I take the chipset fan and unplug yeah, it. Yeah, you unplug it, yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> and there's no airflow across that thing. Not usually. <laughs> but it does whisper sweet nothings across the heat sink. Stay it, cool, baby. <laughs> Just do it. Stay cool. You know you want it. Be cool. Wait, no. I find all thing. kinds of like corporate slogans and things to repeat back to it. So I, I just want to sh- – uh, here is the before picture of his motherboard. And, yes, yeah, somebody in the chat room, uh, King Kukaluk, points out that this is for his QuakeCon build, which it absolutely was. As far as I know, broke node processors this year. Yet. I mean, maybe he hasn't installed – he hasn't got it up and running yet. Yeah, he's going to try to do all he that He didn't notice that Con until – He didn't delit his soldered 5960X. Right, right. So uh, here is the before of that motherboard, and here it is with the parts removed. You can see the VRMs now and the chipset down there. And then, uh, oh, 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 wrong button. And I don't know how to go back on this. I don't have a mouse. I don't know if the gesture controls actually work. Um, So now we'll skip down here. There's the installation of the back plate of it, or the removal, rather. And there you go. It has an outline like a death outline. (laughs) Like, here used to lie. Uh, Just how's he going to get to the battery? Oh, no. Did he cover up the battery? He did cover up the battery. He is, he is so pissed. He is his own worst enemy. <laughs> so, um, so you can see here, here's the water block on the VRMs. Here's the, uh, the block on um, the chipset itself. I, I like the design, and I like the way that it like, kind of goes between the, the PCI Express slots. 
appropriately. Just sneaks up in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean it's it's pretty cool. It's neat. It's just not going to change the performance outlook of this system in any discernible way. Well, it might do the the VRMs certainly a little bit. But. Yeah, but what does cooling them actually get you, I guess, in the long run? Yes, uh, yes, everything will run cooler. More overclocking. It might give you a little more. Here is the behemoth in totality. Look at that. He's it's, got it's, two. So here's that. We've got that. Are going you sure that's there. not like from mm-hmm. Aliens? Here's his two GTX 970s that we talked about in previous podcasts. Oh, yeah. I've seen manga. I know where this is going. <laughs> I have seen Akira. I understand what is about to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? We Where got does here? he install the skirt? <laughs> Boom. So uh, GPU performance doesn't change. Manual overclocking. Let's look at chipset and VRM performance. VRM load uh, drops from 35 to 26. That's delta, right? So mm-hmm. it drops about 10, 10 degrees Celsius. The VRM. I mean, I mean that's nothing to sneeze at. No, I mean that's I mean that's good, but like did it increase his overclocking capability? I, I don't know. The answer is in the conclusion page and it's know. kinda like nah. Does it not really do anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that does vary from motherboard to motherboard as well, like what is sensitive to what. So the VRM did come down ten C. The chipset block had minimal chipset block had minimal effect on temperature because of uh of the minimal amount of heat that the chipset generates under normal circumstances anyway. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a neat looking thing that I'm glad still exists. That I'm glad that those enthusiasts that want it still buy it and use it and 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 show that stuff off. Um, but I don't feel the need. I don't think I need to recommend many people do this, right? Josh, you water cooling your VRMs? No. Why not? I was because I don't overclock. Psh. What? What? Why? Why not? Um. Though. You don't overclock at all? We leave the overclocking to Sebastian. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. He's the pro. All right. Um, before we get into a couple of other stories here, guys, we are going to mention we do have a podcast sponsor this week. Somebody's willing to pay us really? to how, talk about their product. How long has it been since we had a... Like three weeks. Hmm. Was he not here that day? That we, we, had, had, we, did, we had this exact sponsor. I don't think I was oh, here I, that day. I don't think... Or Casper? Didn't I miss one? I missed one recently, so... Yeah, it was Casper. It's Casper now. This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper. We're, uh, we're excited to welcome them. They, if you don't know who Casper is, they make and sell mattresses. Mm. And I think no better audience or spokespeople like Josh yeah. to, uh, to really market and, and sell And you don't devices. have to carry it around either. It comes in a box, right? It is an online retailer of premium mattresses. Like- uh, it's revolutioning the mattress industry by cutting the cost of de- dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings on to the consumer. Um, they call it an obsessively engineered mattress at a fair price. Obsessively engineered sounds like a good thing. There's two technologies using latex and memory foam, and they come together to form uh, or for better nights and brighter days. I think this might be something I need to invest in. If I'm only going to get sleep in two-hour intervals, true. it should be the, the best sleep possible in those two-hour intervals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a comfortable mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Josh, that's your cue. Uh, it provides long-lasting comfort and support. So I'm like mm-hmm. Josh. Yeah. You can buy it online. It's completely risk-free. This is the stuff that I think um, 
really makes these the service stand out, right? So you can try sleeping on a Casper mattress. They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress over a long period of time rather than going into a mattress store. So how long? A hundred nights. All right. A hundred days for you to actually sleep on and yeah. use this mattress before deciding if you want to keep it or send it More back. More than three months. That's plenty of time. As opposed to going into a mattress store and sitting down and laying down for like 30 seconds mm-hmm. while a guy in a suit looks at you. Oh, I actually, the mattress that I have in my bedroom, yeah. like I did that very, ha- that very thing. Yes. So, and it's even a memory foam mattress. So you were definitely here for our last time right? we did this ad because yeah. you told this story Oh, before. I did? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was a memory foam mattress. Like, and then you did it, on it out. seemed okay, got, got home. home. Like, my back started aching because it was too yeah. And not only that, but he caught crabs from all the other people laying on it. <laughs> well, you know. well, the last time I bought a mattress, I bought it at Sam's Club, and it, they're, they're, like, up on a shelf wrapped in plastic. So I didn't even, have to I pull didn't, it I didn't even like, do the I'm going to lay on it for 30-second thing. I was just, just like, yeah, just put it. It, just put it in the truck. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, do, do they have a lightweight version you can carry around in protest? Of my mattress? No. Yeah. Can no. you burn a Casper mattress? One. So Casper offers, uh, they have free delivery, painless returns with a 100-day period, uh, so you don't have to lie down on it in a showroom. Uh, and if you don't know, or you do, statistically lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether or not it's the right bed for you. And Alan is a proof of that. Yeah. All Casper mattresses are made in the U.S. of A. Sorry, Jeremy. Wink. Hey, I, I checked it, and as a Canadian, I can ship my bed, too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Everybody needs to be able to ship their bed. <laughs> so I think that works out. Uh, so you can get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. If you compare, compare that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. Yep. Mattresses are, are not cheap when you go out to the stores, for sure. And you can save an additional $50 as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. Casper.com slash PC per promo code PC per you get $50 off. You get that hundred day trial period. And, uh, every time I see this ad, I feel like I need to do this. Hey, you know what? You know what? The only problem is making sense to not do. Do you know? Uh, no, they're reticle limited. They only can get so big to the size of the uh, mattress they can manufacture. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. With their with their I, I know re- how many with their photo lithography. Are in there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were using interposer technology so they could just yes. like the latex and the memory foam. Just yeah. Yes. I I really am curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do this because I want to. I just want to see what a mattress shipped to your door looks like. Yeah. Like I. It's it, in a it, vacuum sealed. It's in a bag. vacuum sealed thing and it kind of decompresses uh-huh. and. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll do this. Casper.com slash PC per promo code PC per. We thank them for their support of uh, PC Perspective. Now, on to the news of the week. Again, not a whole, not a whole bunch, uh, but we'll walk through what we do have here, guys. Um, AMD confirms August availability for the Radeon R9 Nano. Sebastian wrote this up for us. Um, on their Q2 earnings call, AMD CEO Lisa Su made this telling remark. Fury just launched actually this week and will be launching Nano in the August time frame, which probably tells us that Nano will launch in the August mm-hmm. time frame. Uh, thought, because they didn't really ever say that, except maybe about 17 times in June. <laughs> well, they said Q2. They only ever specified. Uh, I think they said late summer. Oh, did they say uh, late, late summer? summer? Okay. Well, that, see, that's not, that's, late summer could be August September or September. About the time Windows 10 comes out, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's about the same conference where she let the, that slip. 
the R9 Nano is the um, Fiji-based part with 175 watt TDP that is air cooled on mm-hmm. a super small form factor, and this is still a full Fiji chip, right? Or is this? Full. It's supposed to be full. No, it's full. Yeah, I still don't but understand it's how it's going to work. Lower TDP and uh, should Talk be pretty speeds. quick. It's a hundred watt lower TDP. Yeah, that's a huge like amount. Speeds. So how much slower? Do you, okay, let me ask you this, Josh. I think it's going to be about R9 300 speed. Okay, so you think there's a significant decrease in performance? Uh, I wouldn't call that significant. To, but to, I, the, to the 390? I mean, to the 290? To the Wait, 390. The, the regular R9 390. Which is the R9 290, right? Well, yeah, but the one that for 329 bucks. Correct. Yeah. I mean... what? The, uh, the regular Fury, R9 Fury, which is... Well, it's 500. Uh, you know, maybe it's going to be faster than 390X, but maybe not by much, I don't think. I, I just, uh, my, so there's two possibilities, right? One is they have cherry-picked the hell out of these GPUs, right? And they found the ones that will operate at a very high frequency, at very low voltage, at very low power consumption. And that's what they're going to release at this air-cooled variant. So you think and they have all the other ones that they said, well, we're going to put a water cooler on it anyway, so blah, 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 kind of spread those out. So it's kind of like reverse bending? I don't think so. That's not reverse bending. That's just bending. That's just bending. Yeah. I mean, you don't think so, Josh? You think they're no, just going to... No, because, I mean, with the 175-watt TDP mm-hmm. as compared to something that's running uh, 275 watts, yeah. it's... it's That's that's huge. I that agree. is a huge amount. I mean, you're... You're really not going down all that far, I think, in, in overall clock speed just because of the way it's it's almost logarithmic... Um, when you go up in clock speed, creates more heat, consumes more power, and, and it, I mean, it, it scales up. And so I don't think they're going to have a huge amount of actual clock speed difference unless, of course, they do disable some, some parts. But it's going mean, to be an be, interesting be exercise both. in TDP yeah. and, and scaling because is what we see it's going to be at. So, you know, if we look at AMD's current product stack, we have the Fury X, we have the Fury, and then we have the 390X. Mm-hmm. And in theory, the R9 Nano, it's not called a Fury part, but it is using Fiji, should fall, I would hope, between the 390X and the Fury. Yes. Otherwise, you get into this whole thing of you're really paying more just to have the, the, the power consumption, heat, and size differences. And AMD's kind of whole mantra for several years has been performance per dollar, like trying to trying to keep mm-hmm. all these things. Not, I mean, and, but maybe the Fury X is kind of like their indicator out into the market that hey, that we're going to pay attention to flagship parts and being a uh, uh, what do you call that? I always forget that term. Where you want to attain a part, a um, what? Like where you strive to attain that part, like it's like a not a Halo product, but golden sample. I don't know. No, it doesn't matter. But What's like the- something that people strive to want, not just because of its performance, but because of the cool stuff that it does or oh, looks like. To or have has. something that's the next one up. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, I just think they could be in a very interesting or difficult position if its performance is like in the three ninety between three ninety three ninety X. Well, then it's kind of competing with the, their own part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's competing against its own part, but like. What's the TDP on the 390X? Uh, 250. Duh, what, 390X? Yeah, 390X no. is like 250. No, it's 275. 275. 
290. Well, it used to be 290. Now it's 275. Yeah. Okay. With the new one. So, I mean, yeah, it'd look even worse if it did compete on performance. Like if it was equivalent, because then it would be doing it at like 100 watts less. Aspirational. Aspirational. Yeah, half product. the memory. You. There you, you go. Can't That's ever the go above that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so August. Apparently we'll know more in August, which is only, I see it. It's like 10 days away. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Jeremy, you posted this little this news post actually that was a uh, a review from who was a review from Hard OCP. Uh, uh, this is a tiny ass X ninety nine board. We don't have to talk about this a lot. It's somebody else's review, but it's the Asrock X ninety nine ITX AC. Look at it that! Is indeed. Look at that and just so cute. look at the picture to see what they stuck on there because that's a CPU socket in the middle, and we all know how big those are. <laughs> it's it's tiny. I mean, sure, it's only got the single uh, 16x PCI 3.0 on it, but it's got two Ethernet ports. Yeah, you're never going to get quad channel memory because well, you only got two DIMM slots. But the, this thing is just ridiculously tiny. And if you're building something high powered and small, it's going to be brilliant. If you want to have a nice add-in card and build yourself a, a nice little uh, box for network security to be a router, to be a home server, this yep. is your baby. And as you can see, it's even got an Ultra M.2 slot up there. So you can boot off of that. And somehow, they've put six SATA 6 gigabit ports, eSATA, and a SEX port. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh, a SATA, SATA Express. A SATA Express SATA port. Express, yes. SEX port. He calls them SEX Yeah, okay, I get it I'm now. never going to stop. So, it, like, so it's like just Czech women going across the ocean. Yes. Hmm. To Thailand. Yeah, this board probably is smaller than Maury's VRM cooler or chipset cooler. Yes, I would think so. Huh. And it's weird because it has the same chipset on it. <laughs> you could build like the most ridiculous little uh, storage box off of this. You're not going to use this for a storage box. You could. Sure, you could. Why would, yeah, but why would why you would need you, that much? Why, why would you, you pick a six core CPU for your storage server? If it was doing a bunch of ZFS. <laughs> well, but you can't. It only has two DIM slots, so ZFS, you're screwed. Well, you get uh, you get high density uh, ECC DIMs. Yeah, that probably work. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see the maximum on it, but I'm assuming it's at least 32. Oh man, <laughs> guys are driving me nuts. Uh, moving on, Windows 10 supported until 2020, extended until 2025. Yeah, extended support. Until 2025. So uh, they're, they're extending the the last Windows to 2025. Windows. Well, yeah, that's. I guess another, they did say that, didn't they? They did kind of say that, so it's still a little confusing to me, since this was supposed maybe, to be. They like, mean the build that ships on July 29th. I guess, <laughs> but then it'd be like, oh, you mean Windows 10.1.3.9? Oh wait, we're going to support that Windows until 2030. Yeah, <laughs> Windows El Capitan. That's what it'll be. Uh, so I mean, does this does, does this matter? I mean, well, just the fact that they're saying how long they're going to support the thing that's about to come out. Don't they always do that? Like, well, they usually announce it like later, like mm. or something. They might announce it up front. So twenty twenty is only it seems like forever from now, but no. it's only five but years. It's five years. That's five years. Yeah, that's really not that far. I guess. Yeah. Well, how long is nope. eight point one now? Two, three. Yeah, but they're trying desperately to get rid of eight, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the, they're trying to get rid of Server two thousand three. It ain't working out. The so. hope is that they're not going to try to get rid of ten uh, as quickly. I mean, if they do decide to stick with that thing that they said, which was the whole, you know, this will be the last 
like the last Windows in theory, and we'll just keep updating it or whatnot. If they decide to stick to that, they can always just change this later. Just be like, oh, well, we're actually meant we're just going to support it outright till 2025 or well, something. Well, like they did with XP. And after that, and... we're releasing Microsoft Moonroof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. only knows with these people. I told, guys, I told you it was kind of a slow news week. and you know, Windows support timeframes are not usually our... It's true. Our, 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 our primary thing here. Uh, also, maybe something that we wouldn't normally talk about. Windows 7 installed on an Asus Zenfone 2. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. For only $199, <laughs> you can install Windows 7. Well, plus the, li- plus the cost of the Windows 7 license, technically. Um, In a VM, though. Right. So, so remember, right. the Asus Zenfone 2 is based on an Intel Atom processor, an x86 part. Uh, and so they were just able to install like Windows 7 to it. Which on a VM. Oh, through a VM. I think there was a VM right. involved. But the VM probably ran a heck of a lot faster. Like It technically runs in an emulator, but as stated before, it does not need to translate the underlying instruction set. Yeah. So it's doing virtualization. Even though it's a cute project, it's, Scott wonders if it's possible to boot some version of Windows on an Intel mobile platform. It is virtualization, Natively. but you're not like... It yeah. works totally different when you're on the actual native platform. Like yeah. It's much, much faster. Yeah. Right? It's so. like it's selling a x86 Linux VM on your on top of your Windows machine. Sure, yeah. yeah it, as long as the I would imagine that VM like whatever that virtualization layer was was probably efficient enough to you know quickly do that. Right. Those translations were just the kind of crossing over to the straight to the CPU when it was time for the CPU to work on like the virtualized instructions. Mm. Right. So yeah, I mean, cool idea. Yeah. Josh, what do you think about TSMC? Planning 10 and 7 nanometer and a very steep ramping of 16 nanometer. I think I'm missing Sharknado 3. Hashtag Sharknado 3. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Cuban will be so disappointed. Yeah. Is he in that? Yes. I think he plays the president. Nice. They needed somebody to pay for the thing, so they said, fine, (laughs) I'll be in it. Everybody wants to be in that damn thing now. It's it's like sci-fi's greatest hit since... It's it's a little depressing. Star Galaxy Quest. Don't uh, watch Birdemic. Don't do it. <laughs> what Birdemic? No, it's Lavalanchula. Bird. Is that a bird epidemic? <sighs> yeah. What was the one that uh, they were doing Wolfenstein, but they they didn't call it Wolfenstein, but it was the giant robotic Nazis that were mutated. It's been a couple of years know. ago. Corn Nemic. I don't know. No, Nobody don't pay attention. We weren't. Hey, you know, they're keeping up the B-movies, and they're Somebody's excelling got to. at them. Somebody's got to. So anyway, uh, TSMC. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they, they really do need a, a a steep ramp of 16 nanometer because they haven't really steeply ramped anything since 28 nanometer, which is four years ago. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, – I guess there's it's, – it's the first generation of 16 nanometer FinFET. It's – Working, apparently, and then they're going for 16 nanometer FinFET Plus, which I guess is a little size optimized, but not terribly much so. We don't know a whole lot about their FinFET technology. Certainly, uh, Samsung and Global Foundries with their 14 nanometer, they're shipping products. They've had some success. Who's got a Galaxy S6 here? Anyone? Nope. Anyone? Nope. Anyone? So anyway, uh, you know they're they're shipping large quantities of these chips out on that process node, and TSMC is mm, just starting to really 
ramp up. I think Apple may be one of their first major clients doing that. They certainly were one of their only major, really big clients doing 20 nanometer planar with, uh, what is it, the A8, Ken? Yeah, I think yeah. that was 20. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've been kind of behind the times, but so is everybody else as compared to Intel. Uh, certainly Intel got to 22 nanometer Trigate first. They stayed there a long time. Nobody else. I mean, they people tried 20 nanometer planar, and it just didn't work out because physics is a horrible, horrible thing to, to bounce your head against. Just ask Scotty. And uh, Intel then went to 14 nanometer Trigate, and uh, certainly they have not had a huge amount of success yet, but now they're, they're finally getting to the point where you know, we've got plenty of Broadwell, uh, we've got this Broadwell socketed, and, and then very shortly we'll have the introduction of these Skylake processors all based on 14 nanometer. But everybody else has been catching up. And if you look at the physics and electrical characteristics of Intel's 14 nanometer FinFET, they're a little bit better, more dense than Samsung's 14 nanometer FinFET. But looking at everything I've seen about geometry, performance, Samsung and Global Foundries has a better 14 nanometer product than, say, TSMC's 16 nanometer. Now, you don't even really need to pay attention to the numbers anymore because <laughs> they don't really mean what you think they mean. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like... That the was Princess the case Bride. at 22, really. Yeah, it's like an effective yeah. nanometer Yeah, and it's just, just it's, it's, it's more of a product name rather than anything resembling reality. So that uh, they're bragging about how small they are. It's how effectively small they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you compare uh, Intel's 14 nanometer to Samsung's, Samsung's, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at uh, geometries, gate distance, all that stuff, uh, they're about 10% bigger than Intel. And, and bigger is not better when it comes to process technology. Oh. Uh, and plus, it's the second generation FinFats for Intel. And this is everybody else's first generation. So there's going to be, I mean, we're we're better off now with like, I'm I'm going to bet AMD has their next generation stuff in 2016. Will be Samsung Global Foundry's 14 nanometer. Could be wrong, but they are certainly ahead. AMD already has a very tight relationship with Global Foundries, and it may not be as good as what Intel is putting out, but it's a whole damn shame better. Than the current 28 nanometer versus 14 nanometer that we have. So, have we talked about process enough? But uh, what process note is this? This I believe this on? Pentium Pro was built on 350 nanometer. 500. Oh, 500. 500. 500. <laughs> 500. Yep. Half a micron. Mm. Wait. Yes. This has this part has uh, was it five million? I don't remember. You know, actually, so. it may actually be bigger because wasn't the original. The original Pentium after that... I'm trying oh, to think. Shoot, this, no, this one we looked up. I, th- I think this one with the higher cache had 5 million transistors. I believe that's what it was because we were reading... We were. I was trying to remember what the Pentium Pro architecture actually was. Trying to figure out what... Was this two two dies? And it was. And it was mm-hmm. one CPU, one cache on it. And this The next part that came after this... Yeah, it's 5.5 million. 5.5 million. You should pull up that picture. Of the next the, thing uh, after this is the... Um, Intel Pentium 2 Xeon. Mm-hmm. This is the precursor to Xeon in that regard. Correct. So, 
Yeah. Really but anyway, they're, they also talked about 10 nanometer and 7 nanometer. I think their 10 nanometer process, they're aiming for ramping in 2017. So we're going to be at uh, 16 slash 14 for a while. And then they, you know, kind of hinted a little after that, oh, hey, you know, we've got 7 nanometer. We'll probably have some some test stuff out by 2017 as well. And uh, IBM, interestingly enough, who was uh, had a lot of their stuff acquired by Global Foundries in the past two weeks, uh, they already showed off 7 nanometer wafers. So TSMC is in an interesting spot because suddenly they were the leading pure play foundry in the world, and now they're looking like they're a little bit behind uh, Samsung, Global Foundries, and who is the third? Alpita? I don't Siemens? Know. I can't remember, but there's a. I thought there was a third company behind the common uh, common architecture group. I think it's called. My dimensions kicking in. I can't remember anything anymore. So there you have it. Uh, here are some pictures. Just again on this tangent of the Pentium Pro Wikipedia entry. You can see here a picture of very similar to what uh, I was holding up before. A little bit different. I can't see it. Oh. Uh, well, here, let's just click this picture. This is the – so here is the underside with that part removed. You can see the processor die here and then the very simplistic cache on this side. Uh, How did and, they get that open This like is that? a Pentium 2 overdrive with the heatsink removed. <laughs> <laughs> Flip they got Mori to do it. Yeah, they got Mori to take this off. And this is apparently a Pentium Pro with one meg of L2 cache. What? What? That must have been stupid expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, probably probably super cheap, super cheap. It's cheap now. Um, Alan. Yes. Pay attention. Uh huh. You there? Mm-hmm. Samsung released SSDs this week. They did. Uh, a four terabyte SSD, to be exact. They did a TLC ver- enterprise version, TLC VNAND. So basically, an eight hundred and fifty Evo, but the enterprise version of such. Okay. And when we reviewed the two terabyte. 850 EVOs that just came out recently, right? It was just a couple weeks ago. Actually, it might have just been like a week ago, right? Yeah, it was like a week and a half. Yep. Um, we were surprised they were going up to two terabytes, right, on the EVO and the Pro. It was like, wow, hey, two terabytes in seven millimeter. That's pretty good. But then mm-hmm. when we opened them up, we saw that the PCB doesn't really even take all the space. And there's only like, you know, eight chips. Right. So, um, or eight packages, I should say. So uh, we don't know what the inside of these new models look like yet, but I would imagine that they just you know, put another set of packages on the backside of the PCB since there were none on the backside. So but, the uh, SM863 is MLC. The PM863 series is the M, uh, TLC. 3-bit okay, MLC you, yeah, is TLC. Yeah, change that on the... No, that's thing. exactly how it's said. 3-bit MLC VNAND? Yes, that is another way of saying TLC. Okay, three bit MLC you know, is TLC. Because there might be a four bit MLC at some point. So, well, then what, what do they call that? Also, four, four bit, bit MLC. MLC. QLC. No. Quad level. Well, some people might, but see. But anyway. I mean, did not Samsung call this TLC? It's called both. In their press thing, it's three bit MLC. Okay, fantastic. Yes. Uh, the key point here is you can get a three point eight four terabyte SSD for only fifty seven cents per gig. Twenty two hundred dollar. It's expensive, yes. But, but I'm looking at the 57 cents per gig. 
Yeah, yeah. That's still high. It's 57 cents a gig right. for a four terabyte drive that's only seven millimeters thick. That's enterprise rated. In other words, it can do 4K random like all day long, which you cannot say for consumer grade drives. They're just, Is that still an over provisioning thing? It's partially over provisioning. So this might actually have like, you know, internally it might be more like closer, something closer to five terabytes worth of actual flash. Okay. Like inside the drive, which is even better, right? But yeah, it's an over provisioning thing. Um, can we can we could we modify that firmware to uh, make, give you all give me more the, capacity? Maybe not all, but more. Uh, I mean, if they just made a four terabyte eight fifty Evo at some point, commercial like a retail, then that's what that would be pretty much. Yeah, like okay. you still have some over provisioning. You still want to have like seven percent or so, which is built into the eight fifty yep. Evos already. Yep. But. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty impressive that they're cramming all that into those, right? And then uh, more impressive is when you look at the actual endurance ratings of these, since Enterprise, you know, is focuses more heavily on the endurance rating because those are in a setting where they might actually see that many writes, you know, where you might actually right. exhaust the amount of writes, right? As opposed to consumer where it's going to take you quite a while. Just doing typical, you know, running Office is not going to exhaust the amount of flash on your SSD, okay. right? Um, but for these, the, uh, the, the pro version, so that's the SM863, which is just MLC, 2-bit, two, two right? Um, 12,000 terabytes written, which is over 12 petabytes written. Seems reasonable. Drive. No, I mean, that seems, that's that seems reasonable. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And then even the triple-level cell version, uh, the 4-terabyte model is... Uh, 5,600 terabytes written. So that's like over 5 petabytes written to an SSD as a rating. That's pretty crazy. That's like almost one... That's almost completely writing the whole thing. Like, you'd have to write like 3.5 terabytes every day. Is that 5-year warranty? To that, to that almost 4 terabytes... Yeah, for the whole... Well, that's a 3-year three three warranty. On the, on the, on the P. So you'd have to almost fill the drive completely every single day for 3 years. I could do that. That's... Pretty crazy. Just like copy it, delete it, and copy it, delete it. FCAT. Perfect FCAT drive. But you're only doing <laughs> yeah, it over SATA? <laughs> like, how long does it take you to fill, like, you know, it takes you a few hours. Yeah, that's true. SATA is clearly the bottleneck Bottleneck there. You set up a cron job every day. Yeah. Just cron write zeros and then delete entire them. SSD. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, impressive. Samsung um, still doesn't have any PCIe. They don't? Well, like, no, wait. Cons- like, desktop PCIe... Like because they have they have M dot two they have M dot two but like even that they're still not really selling they're not pushing well they're, they're kind of selling right? the AHCI but not the NVMe yeah. stuff yeah they don't have they don't really like even those are white box yeah yeah they're they're not right? doing they're not retail. like branded with yeah. like nice packaging and stuff like that where it's meant to be retail yeah. um I wish they would but I think they were just kind of like hanging back especially since like that uh the SM nine fifty one right was supposed to be NVMe this Initially, is when they're they're sitting back there and saying, "I wouldn't really say that I'm selling drives, Bob." Well, I mean, you know, th- th- that model was supposed to be NVMe when it came out. It did not come out NVMe. It came out AHCI. Right. And later on, we saw an NVMe version. So it's kind of like they're dipping their toe in the water. They're and selling seeing, plenty of SATA drives, so why bother at some point? I, I think there was that, and then there was the compatibility issues with mm-hmm. NVMe. They didn't want to be selling a retail NVMe M.2 part, and when, like, most of the motherboards on the market 
didn't yet support it. Yeah, but they're not selling right. a set or PCIe AHEI drives to like consumer facing. Correct. Either. They do have enterprise parts. Yeah, it's all OEM um, though. It's all OEM. There's not a Samsung only. 950 PCIe card. Right. And what's and what's ridiculous is that based on what I've seen for their enterprise, like what is out there for PCIe enterprise from them, those are amazing drives. They really should, you know, they could make a very awesome consumer, maybe, maybe P- you know, PCI just don't care. I think they just think that Start the market sad. is too small, maybe, compared to their SATA stuff right it is. now. I mean, it is. Um, Samsung's a big enough company, they don't, well, they don't necessarily need to get into small markets. Uh, yeah, well, if you wanted to sell NVMe, it probably wouldn't be a stupid idea to pair up with Asus or Gigabyte or something and sell one with the motherboard. Yeah, the, the I mean, 256 that would gig work. model, the 512 gig model, it's already on there, pre-installed, throw your OS on there, and away you go. I, I think that'd be a good idea. I just, I, again, I think Samsung is such a big company that they're looking at any new project has to be able to like shift their bottom line slightly. Yeah, and so the SATA SSD market was big enough for them to come in and enter and take over, which well, they did. So realize this is this is like a 32 layer VNAND in Samsung Enterprise parts which hadn't been a thing yet. They had 24-layer in one model, but then mm-hmm. they also, their, 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 stuff, their other stuff had been planar. Yeah. Right? Um, so now their VNAND is in enterprise. It was, you know, in consumer. So, like, I think the next thing would be a, like, maybe they are just working on the next version of their PCIe SSD controller to make it, like, really awesome and super fast. Either that or flash sticks. Uh, Thumb drives. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely sure. Yep. <laughs> that's where they, that's where they're going. The growth industry, micro SD cards. Yeah. But I mean, NVMe. The only places we've seen it so far is stuck behind a bottlenecked SATA interface. What? Or, sorry, um, VNAND, not NVMe. Mm. VNAND. Right. We keep seeing it. We haven't seen a PCIe VNAND SSD, which I believe, based on what we've seen in the performance of VNAND, it would just breathe fire. Like I think it would mm. walk all over even an Intel, you know, SSD seven fifty, if they were to make one. They should make one. They, uh, Samsung they don't, also is selling a crap ton of NVMe controllers to Apple. NVMe controllers? Yeah. To who? All of Apple's current oh. machines use, are using mm. NVMe. Yeah. They should really just make that a dang consumer part. Please. We don't always get what we want. All right. Final story here this week, guys. And it, there's really nothing here uh, except I want to talk about joysticks a little bit. Cytex X55 Rhino, and it's Hotas. Hotas. Jeremy, you, when's the last time you've, you've, you've bought a joystick? Uh, not too long ago, I picked up a Logitech, uh, what is it, Strike Force 3D, I guess. Okay. Maybe two, three years ago. But it doesn't have a fancy throttle on the side Look at of it. That. When's the last time you put your hands on throttle and stick, if you know what I mean? This looks <laughs> earlier today. You know, what, you know what the nicest thing is? They've got four different springs to handle the stiffness of your stick. All your right. Pleasure. Oh, really? So it's user-adjustable? For and and if you, you don't like a stiff stick, you can do the wimp mode with no spring whatsoever. So, uh, We're talking about joysticks? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I noticed uh, these look strangely themed towards... Um, Elite Dangerous or Elite? Just a wee bit, yeah. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because of the yellow and black because of the caution kind of striping and stuff like that. That matches a lot but, of the stuff that's in like, the game. That's the same stripes that are on like the side of an F eighteen. Yeah, those right? stripes are not. And there's on the also side a thing that says like "watch, uh, no, not a step." 
which yeah, it says that on the joystick handle on no, the thing. For only what, 160 bucks? It's for, not very yeah. expensive. A dual thing. It looks pretty it's nice. Quality wise, it's, got it's not for feedback. USB but... connectors. Wait, so if you what? don't want the throttle for some of your games, you can unplug her and stick her on the side. No step. Oh. And one of the things I looked at and I thought, you know, the, the joystick base looks a little bit small. I, in the review that they did, upside down are little posts in it. Apparently they sell a stand that you can mount these on. Okay. So they're not going to move around on you. Hmm. Cool. The only thing that this uh, is missing is a... Sidewinder logo? <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe. Uh, it needs to have a plastic cover for a button that I have to flip up yeah, before flip up I can hit, hit the button. button. <laughs> yeah. Because without that, it's not cool. A super awesome missile button. Right, right. And I, I do love these switches. Death I, like, awesome. Everything in this looks amazing. Where's um, the, where's the Death Blossom the button? Too. Say it again, Jeremy? It glows in the dark, too. <laughs> okay, I was wondering if they were illuminated or if they glowed. Yeah. Oh, so this actually, okay. I oh, so that's two separate. I didn't realize it was well, two. Yeah, it's, it's, you can no. do it to one engine or two multi. Look at those dials. Look at all that, boy. I mean, there were people that used fight sims that that would need a joystick like this, and this is really cheap compared to what has been Yeah, what, the DCS A10? You will use every single one of those buttons. Yeah. Twice. So this is is apparently the X65 on this side versus the X55. I don't know enough about any of these to know what the differences are necessarily. But this one has way more buttons, so I don't understand why it would not be better. Right. Like this one is. Look, look at the buttons. Yeah, buttons. Just so solid. Look at that. It's pretty. So, oh, here they are illuminated. Oh, that looks badass. Actually. Isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. That looks pretty cool. I'm not one for illuminated controllers, but that's actually pretty good. That's pretty sweet. It does need a flip up plastic thing, though. Yeah, you can make that happen. And apparently, here's a picture of them playing Elite Dangerous. No, oh. with well, it. There you go. I mean. Yeah, whatever, and if you're watching that, reruns of uh, Airwolf, then you'll want those in hand just to... <laughs> oh, yeah. Just to pretend. Sit more. on your couch yeah. and just, like, yeah. use the throttle and All righty. So let's get into... What do we got here? Oh, hardware software picks of the week as he looks across. This is a game that I have been hearing a lot about in the last week or so, and I finally downloaded it this evening and played a couple of rounds here at the office, and it's really fun. Uh, this is Rocket League. It's available on Steam, and I think on, on PlayStation 4 yep. as well, and it does cross, um, cross-platform cross multiplayer, which is interesting. So this is a... Let me see if there's actually a description here. Um, soccer meets driving once again in the long-awaited physics-based sequel to the beloved arena classic, Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket-Powered Battle Cars. What? But that's not the name of this game. This name, this game is just called Rocket League, and it is that's literally... dumb. They should have stuck with that name. It's, it's a pretty good name. It's literally soccer played with cars, but you get, like, you can, like, uh, jump and flip and hit them, and then you can, like, drive up the side of the wall and jump off of the side of the wall uh, and hit the ball there got turbo boost there's no there's no shooting or or anything like that of the other opponents but if you turbo into them you can kind of push them out of the way yeah and it's you know up to four on four multiplayer 
Was that a hat I saw in the car? Yep. There are hats on the... You see the hats uh, on the car? Yep. It's also farting a rainbow. And it is also, yeah, farting a rainbow, as Ken pointed out there. Um, I literally only played two matches against a really poor AI, which I won handily, so I was proud of that at the very least. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It's 20 bucks on Steam, available now. Liter- literally, if you, if you search around Rocket League on Twitter, you'll find tons of people talking about this. It's been um, very highly... I mean, it's not, I don't know how much depth it's going to have, so you have to want to be able to play multiplayer to really get into it. Yeah. But um, this looks like it could be a, a pretty awesome kind of like, I'm going to sit down for a couple hours with some friends and play this game that should be pretty cool i am curious if i can use that logitech g29 <laughs> racing wheel however i don't know if it'll oh you can map it i'm sure you could map it well i don't know if the yeah you should be able to map it if you map it they will maybe come. just slightly overkill for this game i want i need that kind of precision and control and the force feedback and force the feedback <laughs> Which might not work with this game. It might not. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Every time you run into the ball with the car, it throws the wheel out of your hand and just like, oh. So that's Rocket League. It's on Steam. It's twenty bucks. Uh, and I think, again, I've only played it for an hour or something like that so far, but uh, pretty cool. And it, and I was playing it. Well, I forget what GPU I have in that system. What do I have a four sixty or five sixty Ti? Uh, it's, it's like, like a six fifty, I think. Oh, is it okay? So it doesn't require a whole lot of. GPU horsepower thing to get going. I was 25 by 16. Um, but it is very fun, so I would suggest that. Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, another perfect reason to join the uh, fragging, or the Killer Frogs on the Boink team. Uh, you don't necessarily have to join up for the SETI team, but a, a Russian billionaire did just throw 100 million bucks at uh, the search for extraterrestrial life with uh, Stephen Hawking as a, an advisor. So there's going to be a crap load more data coming. We're not just going to be dealing with the Arecibo and the, the couple of issues that Radio Telescope has been having. So, I mean, seriously, if your computer's running, you're not into the Bitcoin because they ain't cool anymore. <laughs> Boink is a great way to chew through a lot of scientific data and offer it out for the, the betterness of the community. Study at home might find you a lift off the planet. Uh, I do Large Hadron Collider when they have data, so I won't be the first to know if it destroys the planet. Uh, how is this about that? Because thing? you won't get any data when you're supposed to, yeah, right? Yeah, it'll just dry yeah. up. There's I, actually I a website no still up called Has the ALHC Destroyed the World? And it just says no. So if you, you can, can uh, the, in the forums there, you can go to the BioInk yeah. section Boink. here. Boink. Berkeley Open Infrastructure Network Computing. And that's uh, sticky on how to join up for the various teams and also a good introduction to the crazy bunch of partiers that are all over there. I can distinctly remember the excitement of every time of getting a new processor, seeing how fast it could do SETI mm-hmm. instructions. It blows my mind. Watch that screen that but now that we've... Now that we found all the aliens, it doesn't even really matter. So yeah, yeah. we don't need to do that crap anymore. All right, Josh, what do you got? So uh, <clears throat> I use this quite often. It's it's just a simple network scanner. It's free. It's happy. It's free. It's got Perfect. a soccer ball as its logo, and uh, you you figure out uh, what range of IPs you want to do, and it pings them out. And it searches, tells you what's there, what's not. I've mentioned it's free. So when you're trying to look for freeloaders on your network 
or a computer that's acting bad or something that shouldn't be there. This is nice, especially for those who are actually, you know, more professionally inclined at their workplace and need to know what the hell's got an IP. You're trying to say I'm not professionally inclined? How many computers do you have? We have a, we have a lot of computers. I know you got a lot. I got three sitting on this table. 30? <laughs> um, yeah. Ish. Not on at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, are you counting how many we could build if we wanted to? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I could build a lot as I wanted to as well, but it's it's pointless. Soft, perfect network scanner. Yeah. All right. Handy. Last, but maybe least. Oh wait, hold on. You didn't actually put it in, did you? That's it's it. Still too late. Just you understand that I like preload all the tabs, oh. so it makes it makes it more difficult. I'll, anyway. Let me go back here and get this, especially for you. Hold on. So, yeah, uh, this is still being updated, and there's even a new version, or a new addition, uh, I guess you would call it. Uh, Ultimate Boot CD, which doesn't have to be on a CD. <laughs> it could be on a USB drive, right? All right. But chances are you might have an old USB drive. These builds are less than a gig. I, I always appreciate websites that were built in 1996. <laughs> I never and just, updated. just never changed. Nope, well, they, never know, the software is updated. The website doesn't need like, it. Like, I hope when I scroll down, I don't know yet, I haven't scrolled down yet, that I see like a, uh, what, do you, what do you call those, like, network things where you could... Um, the little network drive with the arrow? No, no, it was like a network of websites where you clicked an arrow and it take you to like a random one also. Oh, in the, the rings. No, no, no. Yeah, no, the network. Rings. The rings. No, it's, yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. not a web, web ring thing. Is there a web ring? No. So there's Ultima Boot CD. And there's a new version that they're starting to make, which is UBCD Live. Is that the second link? Yeah. Um, which is just like a newer version, which actually has like a GUI. Hmm. You know, like a Debian GUI. So question me a, this. What, what would you use Ultimate Boot CD for these days? What cloning would you use for it one. for? Like, it has like 10 different freaking cloning softwares. Well, I shouldn't it. need 10 different cloning softwares. I should only need one. That's true. So... Continue. Okay. Uh, something gets screwed up with the boot partition of your system, and you can't, like, boot Windows for some reason. You can go boot this, reassign active partitions, whatnot. Like, you know, sometimes you just need another environment that's not your C drive, and yeah. that's it, right? Is this based on Windows 3.1? No, it's Linux. No, it's MTFS compatible. Like, I... I remember um, using this stuff back in the day. It just feels like we're... It has that it. tool on it to, like, reset an admin password of, like, a Windows yep. box. So that's hacking. handy. You know? Well, that's one tool out of, like, 100 that's on this thing. Um, you know, it's got, like, memory tester stuff. It's got... I think D-Band's on there. It's just, yeah, like, I mean, my internet's fast enough now that if I just needed, like, Memtest or Gparted, I would just download that and put it on a thumb drive. Ah. Yeah, but download it with what if your only system... Nobody only has one computer that you're talking to right now. There are plenty of people with only one computer. So you're you saying you download having, this as a You only end up having, thing. yes, it's the thing that you put on yeah. the old thumb drive and put it in a drawer and forget about it until, oh crap, I need to boot into an I literally before. threw away like four spindles of blank CDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be a CD. I know, it's just And you also recently gave away a whole Ziploc bag full of one gigabyte thumb, thumb drives. drives. I did, right? I did, yeah. Which... Either I, version of this. Five, I kept five more. So. Either version of this will fit perfectly. It, it's just like just I'll do it. Whenever you want some of this, you'd want the latest version of software. This is updated just a couple months. No, ago. but like if you leave it set on a shelf, then it's not updating. Oh, it'll so be probably good enough. I can download this through HTTP from the University of Crete. <laughs> There's a magnet link. They're hip. They a magnet. Magnet. If you get it from Crete, magnet? it will ask you for What's money. What's magnet? Though. What's a magnet link? 
Yeah, is that you torrent? Just asked I don't, I don't, I don't have torrent apps on here. Yes, that's a, that's a torrent. I don't do illegal things, Alan. That's not illegal. Yeah, but the only people who use torrent <laughs> freaking open source. <laughs> I mean, right? Let's be honest here. I don't know why I feel like I don't need to use this anymore, but I feel like I don't need to. I did back in the day. It just I don't know. My mind is blowing up right now. It's you almost, wouldn't need to use almost, it. It's almost half a gig. So you wouldn't need to use it because you would go, "Hey, Alan, I can't get into this insert whatever name here. You Ryan figure it out great again, right?" And then that's why Ken doesn't need it because he has like me sitting five feet away from him. Oh, five, I, I want my nineteen ninety like Norton utilities when Peter Norton was actually programming. Did you say five hundred gig? Sorry, five hundred megs. Half a gig seems like a lot for like a. It's just a crap load of tools. Is Hiren's boot CD still out there? Yep. Uh, I think that is, that is <laughs> still awesome. a thing. Yeah. It is still out there. <laughs> oh, man. So where do we find this at? What's the URL for this? You mean like ultimateboot.cd.com? Yeah. Is that what it is? I'm telling we have an audio version of this podcast. Yes. I want to make sure people who... Ultimate boot, or, or if anybody just Googled ultimate boot CD, like that's the top, you know. Okay. That's the top hit. Never mind. Moving on. Uh, that's the end of the show, everybody, this week. Thank you for joining us. Um, and again, if you want to watch uh, us record the show live, it's Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, com slash live. Go to com slash subscribe. Sign up for that mailing list. And again, if you happen to be in the Dallas area for QuakeCon, we apologize for not being there. Uh, but make sure you are on the lookout for um, this very attractive, very... <laughs> you got uh, something coming out of look your at those neck cats. there. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, so if, if you find this stand-up, look, I've already got my badge for the BYOC. I'm ready to go. And uh, oh, I like those shoes, though. I didn't wear the good shoes. Legs tell you I don't get a lot of sun, um, but... Skip leg day. At least they're darker than the white background. In my defense, before this picture was taken, I did spend about seven weeks in a hospital. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but you weren't admitted. No, but I was still there. He was. But I was still there. He was admitted. Very by clearly, proxy. this is the Hilton Anatole uh, in the background, <laughs> right? Like you can just tell from the decor and all that stuff. So, uh, be on the lookout for me uh, and uh, figure out what the URL is to enter for this contest, which and should be live. Point very your shortly. phone camera at his crotch. Point your phone camera at my crotch. Yeah. And then take a picture with me. I guess that's well, it. If you've got a got. big extended lens, definitely to snap a pic where people can see you. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, everybody, that's going to be it for the show this week. Thanks you guys for joining us. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malmatano. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>